0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: You're listening to a very special bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we sit down with Alex Winter, the star of Bill & Ted Face Music.
3: So Lee, we recently watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm-hmm. We reviewed it. Our episode, guys, is up now for you to listen to, and it's the third movie that revisits Bill and Ted as middle-aged dads still rocking out and trying to write the song that will fulfil their destiny and save the world. And this time, they're joined on the adventure. Are their helpful daughters and we both really loved it didn't we
2: yes so the movie obviously reunites Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter and joining them as their daughters is Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne who were fantastic we said they were fantastic
3: yeah yeah absolutely you said in our review that it's the movie that we needed this year wasn't mm, it
2: and I still feel that way I loved it I got to watch it again before I had a chat with Alex about why people connect with this movie so strongly after so many years because we said it's been 30 30 years since the last film. He also talked a little bit about what it was like to get into the headspace of Bill.
3: Alex himself hasn't acted in movies since the mid 90s. Mm. So I guess he came with it with a lot of love for the character and then having to kind of get his acting chops back up and running. Without further ado, Lee, I would really love to hear your interview with Alex Winter. Let's check it out right now.
0: Excellent!
2: <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hi there. Are you in LA?
0: I'm in L.A., yes.
2: Thank you so much for being so generous with your time today.
0: Sure. Yeah, thank you.
2: I'll jump straight into it. I've seen the movie, obviously, love it, and there's been such great reception to it. What is it, do you think, about Bill and Ted that people are connecting with so strongly, especially after three decades now?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think you never really know what makes something click culturally and have the kind of staying power that... For whatever reason, we seem to have. Look, we're very grateful for it. And I think there's a sincerity to the characters and the the writers, Chris Matheson and Annette Solomon, they write really great, inventive stories mm-hmm. with really ornate language. But I think people respond to the friendship, the friendship that, that's at the heart of the film and the the kind of... Message of the film, I think, is is infectious. They're fun characters for us to play. It's fun to live in a person's head who views the world the way these guys do.
2: And they're so full of such positive energy.
0: They do, and you have to find that in order to play it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's fun. You know, you go to set every day and you sort of work yourself into this state of looking at the world in this particular way. It's a it's a kind of a fun frothy headspace to inhabit.
2: Does that come naturally to you? How do you get yourself back into the headspace to play Bill after so long?
0: In this case, one of the things that drew me to, to wanting to do it in the first place uh, was the fact that the story that Chris and Ed constructed allowed us to play Bill and Ted as adults,
1: mm. uh,
0: as, as husbands, as fathers, as two guys who have actually lived a lot of life since we last saw them and not as kind of paralyzed kids Mm. and that gave us us a lot to chew on from an acting standpoint but then you know I I had a lot of time to prep so I did a lot of work on finding his body again and his voice and things like that but I really wanted to make sure he felt a little bit new, like someone who was an older version of the person we last saw, not me trying to play the person that we last saw.
2: And it's obviously more than just the flannel shirt around the waist. Although I did love that subtle moment in this film where you sort of take it off and wrap it around your waist and it's almost like Bill's here.
0: <laughs> well, it, it always struck me that, that there are certain friends I have that have changed a lot in some ways and not at all in others. I think we all have friends like that. Mm-hmm. Um, who actually dress quite similarly to the way they did when they were younger and the certain types of clothing they they wear and certain types of attitudes they have and I kind of model bill on on friends that I have like that who uh had grown in some ways and not in others.
2: Well, I think that's one thing that this movie pulled off so well was balancing that aspect of how Bill and Ted have evolved over the years with the fact that they somehow at their core haven't changed a bit or the good qualities that make them them are still there. And how much of that came down to having the original creators, Chris and Ed, on board with you and a lot of the same, I guess, crew and cast?
0: I think it was a huge, a huge factor. Um, the guys created these characters, at the very beginning, they created them and they did them themselves as kind of stand-up characters back when they were in mm-hmm. college. So they have really lived with Bill and Ted for a long time, and, and they've gone on to write a lot of other things. But they're, you know, they were their invention, and then Keanu and I grew the inventions mm-hmm. out and, and hopefully breathed some life into them and made them our own. In, in that way, so it was very important to us that the film had an, a creative integrity at its core which mm-hmm. began with Chris and Ed, and, and we had a part in that. Our original producer, Scott Croup, was back, and we had other actors back, like William Sadler, who played mm-hmm. Deaf, and Hal Landon Jr., and, and Amy Stock, plays Missy. So there were people from the first two movies that came back in front and behind the camera, and we just kept a very close eye on the kind of creative core of the story and wanting it to feel um, like it had that integrity to it.
2: Absolutely. And obviously there are new characters joining the adventure this time. Our own Samara Weaving plays your daughter. What did you and Keanu do to help Samara and Bridget nail the mannerisms? And
0: I think what we helped them do um, so that they were, were able to play their part was get out of their way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're really, really talented actors and they had very specific ideas for how they wanted to play the characters. And we really wanted them to create their own characters and for us not mm. to get in their way um, and end up with daughters that just felt like carbon copies of, of Bill and Ted. Mm. We really wanted Billy and Thea to be their own. And of course, they very much wanted them to be their own. That was very much their agenda. And so we really got out of their way and and, uh, and supported their quest to kind of go find these new beings. Um, and they did such an amazing job. So I mean they're both phenomenal actors and I've been following Samara's career for a while and she's just doing amazing work. So it was really great to work with her. Oh yeah,
2: they were completely spot on, especially, I mean, no disrespect to Samara because she is fantastic, but Bridget especially was just so Ted.
0: Yeah, she really is. (laughs) (laughs) Billy is very, very much Ted and and they did an amazing job playing that character.
2: One thing that's been commented on in Australia is that Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is one of the best for depicting time travel logic. That sequence where Bill and Ted jailbreak the historical figures out and it's just like thinking about time travelling and leaving a key closes the loop and it means that it was always going to happen. And there's a nice or hilarious twist on that in Face the Music when you're escaping your older selves and they catch on to you doing that. What do you say to the fact that Bill and Ted movies may be better at time travel than movies like Back to the Future?
0: Well, I think it's a different spin on time travel. I think that a more whimsical, somewhat absurd spin Mm. on time travel than some of the other time travel movies. It's almost like a Python time travel movie. But it makes sense, though. It does. I mean, that's What I was going to say is we actually take the science quite seriously, and the writers take the science quite seriously. And this particular film, they brought on someone who's a very close friend of mine named Spiros Michalakis, who runs the quantum division at Caltech, and he's a a real master of quantum science and physics and, and knows a lot about sort of theories about um, reality multiple realities and things like that and and Spiros came in and and helped us write they helped the guys write a lot of kid Cutty's dialogue and mm. and some of the other science aspects but then they will take this these ideas about science and they'll just spin them in very ludicrous ways and that's what's so much fun about it
2: you obviously had a lot of fun Jumping back into this character.
0: He is a very fun guy to play. Yeah, it's a fun world to inhabit. It really is. I think that, you know, on day one, after all the rehearsal and all the work and The many years of of working to get the film off the ground, I think Keanu and I were just kind of relieved to be there together, playing these guys together again. It's it's a very joyful place to to be.
2: Did it feel natural? Did you just slip straight back into it?
0: Yes and no. I think that that we both put an enormous amount of prep work into figuring out how to play these guys at this age and what Mm. that would look and sound like. That took some work and we took that work pretty seriously. But then there was a point at which the cameras roll and you just have to kind of riff and do it, especially mm-hmm. with physical comedy like this. And I'm happy to say that came very easily. We like working together. It's kind of like being in a band and playing with someone who, you know, who you just rip with very easily. Mm-hmm. He and I end up kind of finishing each other's sentences and we'll even do that and work on the script. We'll divide lines up and sort of break them into single sentences that each one of us have a piece of and figure out how that's going to work. And that's, that's a lot of the fun part.
2: What a great analogy. It's just like being in a band.
0: (laughs) It is a bit. Yeah.
2: (laughs) You mentioned it took a bit of time for the stars to align and get this one off the ground. What was the reasoning for pushing ahead with the release during, you know, this particularly challenging landscape this year?
0: It took us many, many years to get the film off the ground. And the fan base was really what, got the film financed in the end. They, they caught wind of the fact we were trying to get this thing done. They became very vocal around the world in their desire for a third film. And uh, that had a huge part in how we were able to secure the financing and go. Mm. So it felt really unfair to punt the film into the kind of nether zone mm. of maybe a year from now, maybe longer. It's really hard to say. We're, we're a little movie. You know, we're not a giant Marvel movie, and mm. it would have been the the landscape in the future with all the films that have been postponed this year is going to be very crowded for a while. So would we have come out next year or would we have come out uh, two years from now? It really, It's really hard to say. And it just felt unfair to the fans who've been waiting so long. The film was finished a year ago. So mm. it felt important to us to get the movie out. Around when we said we would, we do, you know, take people's safety very much in mind, and we don't obviously have total control over how all of the rollout goes everywhere. In um, places where people feel safe going to a theater, that's a good thing, and where they don't, they absolutely should not. And the film will will be followed, you know, soon enough on home video and really easy to see from the comfort of your own home. So all those options will be available. Uh, In the US, we were able to release it simultaneously in theatres and on home Hmm. video. That's been a little harder in some of the other parts of the world. Well,
2: I think I speak for everyone. I can feel confident saying that we're all very grateful that you did release it because it seems like it was a film that we needed this year.
0: Well, it it turned out that way, I guess. We certainly didn't make it uh, with the pandemic in mind and uh, with all the other hardships that are going on in the world right now. But we are glad that we may be able to give people a little bit of a smile at a tough time. And, uh, you know, that's an unintended consequence of the times that we're in but you know there hasn't been a lot of other entertainment out there that's light and fun and Mm. and joyful so maybe that's a good thing at this particular moment
2: see you say unintended but i wonder are you really time travelers maybe you knew
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess yeah maybe maybe we knew and and uh and didn't know at the same time Yeah.
2: Can I ask, where did the pose evolve from? You know, the iconic hand on the chest and the arm in the air.
0: You know, Keanu and I were asking each other that when we shot this one. We Neither of us could remember. We, I mean, we came up with it on our own. My recollection is that it just sprung naturally out of the declaration mm. when we go to the future in the first movie and they ask us for a big declaration and we don't know what we're going to say and we just launch into this kind of, you know, grandiose statement. Mm. It felt very Bill and Ted, you know, hand on heart, hand in the air. Yeah, that's a very Bill and Ted way to, to make a proclamation. So I, it just grew naturally out of our sense of the characters, um, mm. and then it became something that we liked to do. So we we kept doing it.
2: <laughs> well, it just it's particularly sincere, isn't it? It's like hand on my heart. I welcome you. We're open. We're positive. We're happy. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's the movies are very very physical, and you end up physicalizing the language, and the language is very ornate. So mm-hmm. it kind of motivates you to to approach the characters in a physical way. And I think that's one of the things that Keanu and I both responded to with the with the very first script, in, even back in the audition process, was mm-hmm. uh, we both come from a theater background, and I think we both approach the characters in a very theatrical, physical way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've always played them this way.
2: And I think I might be running out of time, so I might just ask you one last question. Is this the passing of the baton for Bill and Ted, or is there more adventure in them
0: left? You know, I I wish I could tell you there was any kind of premeditated anything to any of this, but there is not. And (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. We got here because the fans wanted it. Will they want more? Will they want them with us? Will they Mm. want them with other folks? We really don't know. We don't have any skin in that game. It was so complicated to get this film made, so hard to make, and so complicated to release it. Mm. We really haven't had a second to think beyond. And I, I mean that quite genuinely. Mm-hmm. There has been no discussion other than how do we get this movie out into this world right now? It's been mm. enough of a head-scratcher. But we'll see where we are when the dust settles and we're through the pandemic and we look at you know what the whole experience meant, uh, where we go from here.
2: Well, I think it's safe to say that Everyone would love that.
0: Oh, that's very sweet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today, Alex. This has been really great, and this really is the movie that we needed this year, so thank you.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate the chat.
2: Excellent! How was that, Tim? Did you enjoy it?
3: Wasn't he so generous with his answers and responses? He re- like, it was such a great interview. Nice work.
2: Thank you. I absolutely loved that he confirmed how fun it was to play Bill again. I mean, we said that in our review, that it just seemed like they were having so much fun being back in these characters. And, you know, when he said he's a very fun guy to play and it's a fun world to inhabit, it just comes across on the screen, doesn't oh, it?
3: Absolutely. And the fact that he... Spoke so fondly about the original screenwriters in Chris and Ed and how they constructed the characters Mm. for them to tap into Bill and Ted as adults. So he kind of came in with this going, I can't just play Bill from 30 years ago. He has to find the character as Mm. Bill would be as a middle aged father now. I particularly liked at the top of the interview, Lee, when he talks about how you never know that something is going to click culturally and he's obviously got a great deal of fondness for this character and Mm. the stories and he says there's like a sincerity to how they've been written as well and it's great that he's been able to lean into going, yep, it's time again to bring Bill and Ted back.
2: And I was just really excited to hear that he's leaving the door open for Bill and Ted so this isn't the final curtain, so to speak. Well, we hope you enjoyed this very special bonus bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. Don't forget to subscribe to get more content like this straight to you. Thanks for listening.
3: Catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Go check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you to listen to.
2: If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an about us section and we run giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information.